What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John. And this week, we are back with episode 120, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC 254 pay-per-view going down this Saturday, October 24, 2020. This pay-per-view will be headlined by a unification bout between champion Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. This 12-fight card will take place from Fight Island, which means it will take place in the big UFC cage. And this pay-per-view also has a special start time of 2 p.m. Eastern Time, about 8 hours earlier than the pay-per-views typically start. So make sure you remember that when the pay-per-view starts on Saturday. And just a quick recap from last week. It was a very successful week in the betting window. I won 6.6 units on my official tracked bets on my BetMMA Tips page, which you can find in the YouTube description and on my Twitter profile, at UFO underscore UFC. I'm back up to around plus 44 units for the year and look to keep the uh, the good luck going this weekend. I do have some spots I already like on the card. I will mention the bets I've made already and the ones I'm looking to make in the near future when I'm analyzing all 12 fights here shortly. So the first fight of the evening or the afternoon actually, we're going to start things off in the lightweight division. We have Alexander Yakovlev taking on Joel Alvarez. The opening betting line for this one was Alvarez minus 285 to Yakovlev plus 205. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Alvarez minus 163 to Yakovlev plus 143. So a crazy opening line there with Joel Alvarez opening as a huge favorite. And I think that that line is way off. Even at the current price of plus 143, I think there's still some value left on Yakovlev. I've actually joined that Yakovlev action. I got one unit on him when he was plus 170 odds that I have tracked on my Bet MMA Tips page. I tracked that about two days ago. I also tracked a bet on the over one and a half rounds in this fight. That was available on Bet DSI. I also like the goes the distance prop on this fight. That was available at plus 200 or higher on a few books for the past few days, but it's been bet the past few days and it's now around plus 160. So that price is likely gone, but I already have a lot of bets in this fight. I like Yakovlev in this fight and I like it to go the distance. I think that the odds makers have really just wiki capped this line. What I mean by that is they just looked at the records. They slapped a quick price on there. They didn't do any research because Alvarez has a lot of submissions on his record, but those submissions are guard submissions, they're guillotines, triangles, arm bars over low-level competition, and he is very unproven in the UFC. He's got two wins over Belowardo in a fight that he was losing the majority of the time, and then he had that win over Joe Duffy, where he did look slightly improved. He looked good on the feet, was throwing some hard leg kicks. Joe Duffy shot an ill-advised takedown. Alvarez caught the neck and was able to tap him out, but I think that Yakovlev is a better overall grappler. A few years back, he went the distance with Damian Maia, did not get submitted by him at the 170 pound weight class and Yakovlev has been fighting a lot less often he has not looked as good at 155 pounds might even look like he gasses out in round three at time to time but he's still a very solid grappler he can stuff takedowns he can actually catch guillotines when he's stuffing takedowns like he did on Alex Leco de Silva not that long ago so I think that Alvarez is the better striker in this fight, but I think the fight is destined to go on the floor. I think that I trust Yakovlev to end up in the top position of the scrambles on the floor more often, and I'm going to pick Yakovlev to pull off the upset here. And if the fight does stay standing, I do worry about Yakovlev losing a striking fight, but these guys both love grappling so much. I think it's going to end up on the floor. I think it's going to be pretty competitive, and I think it likely does go the distance, and Yakovlev decision is my pick. So I like a lot of bets here, and I officially have tracked on this fight one unit 
plus 160 Yakovlev, and 1.5 units on the over one and a half rounds in this fight. I also mentioned I like to go to the distance. So we're starting things off at the first fight of the night with a lot of bets and uh, a bold prediction on this one on the underdog to pull off the upset win here. But I think it happens, and I think the line has just been really poorly set on this one. So that's my thoughts on the first fight of the night. And that's going to move us on to the next fight, which is in the women's flyweight division. We have Liana Jojua taking on Miranda Maverick. The opening betting line for this one was Maverick, the favorite, minus 140. Jojua, plus 110. Right now, bet online, we are seeing Maverick, minus 390. Jojua, plus 325. A massive amount of action coming in on Miranda Maverick. And I agree with the action. I mean, where it's at now, minus 400, it's surely dog or pass. I don't think Maverick has had her UFC debut yet, right? I think I remember taping her a few months ago for a fight. I don't think she actually uh, fought that fight yet. She was supposed to fight Mauro Romero Barella. That fight fell through. So she hasn't made her UFC debut yet, but she has some good experience over in the Invicta promotion. She was able to outgrapple Pearl Gonzalez, who's a pretty solid defensive grappler. And she's won a few fights in Invicta over decent competition. She is primarily a grappler. She has a pretty good takedown arsenal, a good top game. I think she is probably the better overall grappler of the two. But both of these women are pretty sloppy strikers in the feed. I'm actually going to give a slight advantage to the dog Jojo here. And the striking that I've seen from her in her regional fights, she was just a little more clean, had a little more uh, combination punching, better kicks. And I think that she will be landing the better strikes here on Maverick. But it won't matter much because I think this fight is destined to end up on the floor. Maverick shoots a high amount of takedowns. Jojoa does not have great takedown defense. Once Jojoa gets on the floor, she's not completely helpless. She does have the ability to retain guard and avoid getting uh, passed and submitted too easily, but she really struggled with the grappling of Sarah Moras in her fight. That was at 135 pounds, so she might have a little bit easier of a time dealing with Maverick here at a weight class below, probably her more natural weight class. But still, the things that we saw from her in the Moras fight, her getting taken down, stuck on bottom, ground and pound finished in round three. And then even in her recent fight against Belbita, she was taken down almost immediately in that fight and she was able to snatch an armor off of her back but that was versus a pretty low level top player in Belbita. I think Maverick is much better of a grappler and she probably avoided the submission was able to pass Jojo's guard get off some ground and pound look for submissions. I'm not completely sure that Maverick is going to finish this one. She might be able to pass the guard and just control the fight so much that uh, the pressure, the ground and pound, the submission attempts add up and she gets a late finish round two, round three. I could also see the decision here. So Maverick round three decision is going to be the pick for me. Jojua has a very small window to win this fight by a submission off of her back or somehow keeping the fight standing and winning it in the clinch or in the striking, but I think that's very unlikely. It is dog or pass at these money line odds. I would leave Maverick out of the parlay at this point. There's no value left on her at near minus 400 when she hasn't even made her debut yet. And, you know, it is low-level women's MMA. And Jojua proved that in her last fight by getting that crazy armbar off of her back. So at this price, it's dog or pass and no bets on this fight for me. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Da Eun Jung taking on Sam Alvey. The opening betting line for this one was Jung minus 600 to Alvey plus 400. Right now we are seeing on Bet Online Jung minus 335 to Alvey plus 260. That opening line was set very wide. I think there was a lot of value on Sam Alvey at that price. Even at the current money line price, it is probably dog or pass in my opinion in terms of pure money line. 
I think it's pretty crazy that Jung is already this big of a favorite uh, versus a notoriously tough guy like Alvi, a veteran with you know 15, 20 fights in the UFC. Jung with only two fights in the UFC, a pretty sloppy win over a low-level guy in Ibrahimov, and he just uh, nuked Mike Rodriguez last year with a right hand in round one. So I do not think that Dotman Jung is some powerful, proven finisher who is likely to go just wipe Sam Alvey out here. Sam Alvey is notoriously tough, very hard to finish, has only been finished a few times in his career, and he has this ability to lure guys into slow-paced, low-output decision type of fights, and that's why I really like the decision here because that's just Alvey's style. He is somehow able to lure guys into counter-striking and throwing very low volume, and I think that that's how this fight's going to play out. It's kind of going to be a bit of a, a staring match where they're throwing throwing 60, 50 strikes each. And I think that Dot Jung is going to be the quicker and more accurate striker. He's probably going to be a little more effective in there with his youth and his speed advantage. But I think that this has the potential to be a very close decision. I think that Alvi is pretty live at plus 260. And I really like the goes the, goes the distance at plus 260 as well. That line was available on FanDuel. Not sure what it is available at now. I will check the market price on that. And it looks like it is around still plus 200, plus 180. 85 at some places so that line is still um, pretty available i still think there's some value left on that i would really cap this fight going the distance closer to 50 to 60 percent i'm not really sure why it's such a big underdog uh, for this fight to go the distance when it's a sam alvey fight and he notoriously goes the distance and i just don't think this uh dot and jung is nearly proven enough to deserve this big of a favorite price certainly don't think he deserves his knockout price either. Um, so the official pick is going to be Dalton Jung to win a decision. I think he wins a 29-28 decision here. My only bet for the fight will likely be that goes the distance. I think the over one and a half rounds has some value as well. And I do not like a play on Alvi Moneyline at all. Leave Jung out of parlays. I think there's no value left on Jung here. And maybe even like not Jung inside the distance, not Jung by KO if you like those props as well. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Alex Oliveira taking on Shavkat Rachmanov. The opening betting line for this one was Oliveira minus 150, Rachmanov plus 130. Right now on Bet Online, we are seeing a pick'em at minus 110 for both fighters, which means more action has come in on the dog Rachmanov here, and I disagree with the action. Alex Oliveira is a very proven UFC fighter. He tends to get a little disrespected by the betting market at some times. I think the late action in his most recent fight against Sabata proved that. Sabata was a big dog early in the week and closed as a slight dog, maybe even was a, a pick em at some points as well. So I definitely think that Oliveira gets a little disrespected by the betting market, and I think that that could be happening again here, because what I've seen from Shafkak Ramanov is he's a decent offensive striker, has uh, solid boxing, but his defense is very poor. He uses that tall man's defense where he pulls his head back in a straight line. He's very susceptible to right hands. I've seen him get hit with big punches. I've seen him get rocked and dropped before. I've seen him get taken down and struggle getting off of his back. Rachmanov is really at his best when he's hitting takedowns, getting top position, landing ground and pound, but I really haven't seen him do that on very skilled fighters. Some of the opponents he's fought and beaten have decent records, but I just did not see very skilled fighters in those fights. I did not see impressive performances from Rachmanov, and I'm pretty underwhelmed with Rachmanov everywhere, and I give an advantage to Oliveira in the striking and in the grappling here. I think that Oliveira will be able to stuff takedowns. He's a very athletic, explosive guy, hard to hold 
down. And I do not think that Rachmanov has much success with the takedowns at all. And in the striking, I think that I give Oliveira a pretty significant advantage. He's much more tested. He's proven against high-level UFC guys. He's not the most reliable striker on the feed. Has some vulnerable moments there, but he's much more proven. We have so much more fight time of him against good competition. And the striking that he showed in last fight, I mean, he looked really sharp. Good footwork, movement, defense, sharp front kicks that were hurting Sabata to the body. Oliveira hasn't really been looking for the finish as much in his recent fights. He's more content to win a 15-minute decision, but that's okay with me. He's fighting a lot smarter, a lot more efficiently, and I think that that should be good enough to beat Rachmanov here. I think he's able to stuff takedowns, outstrike Rachmanov, maybe even hit his own offensive takedowns and look to exploit Rachmanov's takedown defense and grappling defense, which I've seen look pretty poor in his fights that I've seen. So the pick for me in this one is Oliveira. It will be a bet as well. I think the action keeps coming in on Rachmanov, so I'm just waiting to lock in my bet. I think that we could even get uh, a better price on Rachmanov on Friday night before these fights lock in. So look to see on my bet MMA page when I officially lock in a bet on Oliveira here. But I will be placing probably a two unit bet on Oliveira because I cap him closer to 60, 65% here. So at the line at 52, 53%, there's a lot of value on Oliveira. It'll probably be a two, maybe even three unit bet play for me on Oliveira. Next fight takes place in the bantamweight division. We have Casey Kenny taking on Nathaniel Wood. The opening betting line for this one was Kenny minus 145 to Wood plus 115. Right now on Bet Online, we are seeing Kenny minus 175 to Wood plus 150. I understand why Casey Kenny is getting the more action here. I think he's a bit more of the proven fighter. I think he's got better wins over better competition. He was a champion in LFA, has some five-round experience, and he's shown a very well-rounded game. He can hit offensive takedowns, stuff takedowns and scramble really well, and his striking is getting a lot better. Had an amazing performance pretty recently against Haley Alatang. Just smashed him with kicks that entire fight, lit him up on the feet. It was a pretty flawless performance, 30-25 decision for Kenny just a dominant belt-to-belt performance. I've had some worries about his cardio in the past, and he looked very good in that fight. I'm not completely sold that he has good cardio down the stretch. And Wood has his issues too. Wood issues come from his boxing defense and possibly his chin as well. We've seen him tagged by some punches at times throughout his career. Doesn't have the best defense, so Wood's chin is something to look out for, and Casey Kenny's cardio is something to look out for in this fight. That's both of their weaknesses. Now getting down to their advantages, I give Nathaniel Wood a boxing advantage in this fight. I think he's got the more effective punches of the two. And we've seen Kenny struggle with pressure. We've seen him get hit to the body a little bit in the smoke of fight. And I think that Wood does have the cleaner, crisper hands and could be the more effective boxer here when they are striking. But I do give Casey Kenny a kicking advantage here. I think he's got the much better kicks. He is, of course, a southpaw striker. He can target the legs, the body, the head with kicks. And I think that him being southpaw kind of favors him here. He's much more accustomed to fighting orthodox fighters. I'm sure Wood does not have that much experience experience fighting southpaws, although he did fight Andre Yule and do very well in that fight. He outlanded Yule in the first two rounds, was able to take him down a few times, past his guard, and got a finish late into round three of that fight uh, with a rear naked choke, I believe. So Wood has good cardio late. And I think that he could present a lot of problems for Casey Kenny here. So early on in the week, I was more confident in Casey Kenny. And I still think I will be officially picking Casey Kenny to win the fight via decision. 
But this fight is much closer than I once originally thought, and I think that there is some value on Nathaniel Wood, round three or decision at plus 270. That was a bet I locked in earlier today. That is Nathaniel Wood in round three or by decision, because I think we could see Casey Kenny slowing down late, and Nathaniel Wood pours it on late and gets that early finish, or that late finish like he did against Andre Yule. He could win the decision as well, of course. I think this fight is much more likely to go to decision than it is to end by finish. And I think it's going to be competitive on the numbers. It's going to be a real closely fought decision. So I think that Wood decision round three has a lot of value. Although in terms of an official pick, I'm going to go with Casey Kenny to win a decision. But this is an amazing fight. Really looking forward to this one between two high-level prospects. And uh, these guys are going to put on a great fight. The next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Stefan Struve taking on Tai Tuivasa. The opening betting line for this one was Struve minus 130 to Tuivasa plus 100. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Tuivasa a slight favorite minus 115 to Struve minus 105. More action coming in on the underdog Tai Tuivasa, and I'm pretty surprised by that action. I disagree with it. I think that Struve is the much better fighter. He's got the better stand-up. He has ability to hit takedowns. Much better grappler. Tatu Vasa is a very sloppy fighter. Kind of just runs at you, tries to get around one knockout, and does not really have much skill to his game besides that. We've seen him really struggle with takedown defense, has terrible defensive grappling, really struggles getting off of his back. And I think that if Struve were to grapple here and use his takedown ability, he should outgrapple Tuivasa pretty easily. But you can never rely on that. Struve does not hit a high amount of takedowns. And even if the fight stays in the feet though, I give Stefan Struve a distance striking advantage. I thought his distance striking looked pretty sharp versus Ben Rothwell. That doesn't mean all that much because Rothwell has looked pretty terrible lately. But Struve was clearly winning that fight, was outstriking him at distance, was getting cage pushed a bit but was defending well, wasn't really getting landed on by Rothwell. Unfortunately, he got kicked in the nuts two times in that fight and did get knocked out in the second round, but that was actually a good performance from Struve. You know, take out the nut shots, take out that the ending finishing sequence, and Struve actually looked pretty good in that fight. So I'm actually going to be picking uh, Stefan Struve here pretty confidently. Not going to be betting this one. Don't advise betting this one. It's a complete toss-up in my opinion. I mean, I do favor Stefan Struve at 55 to 60%. But so much bad can go wrong for Struve here. Like, look at his last fight. I mean, he looked like a favorite. He was winning that fight, and it's heavyweight MMA. Weird stuff happens. The referee convinced him to go back into a fight that he should have probably been awarded a DQ or a no contest. So anything can happen at heavyweight. Tuivasa could just catch him with a punch, bum rush him, and get an early round one knockout. But maybe look to live bet Struve here in round one after round one, because if Struve is able to make it out of round one and not get knocked out, he should probably run away with the fight here. The pick for me here is going to be Stefan Struve by decision. Not going to be the most exciting fight. I think it's probably just going to be a low output distance striking battle, especially in the last two rounds where it's going to get pretty slow. But the pick for me is Struve and be very cautious betting this one. I do think I do think it's a very high, uh, high variance, very volatile fight. So just be careful betting this one. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Magomed Ankalaev taking on Ian Kudalaba. The opening betting line for this one was Ankalaev minus 340 to Kudalaba plus 260. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Ankalaev minus 305 to Kudalaba plus 255. 
There is two-way action coming in on this fight, a little more on the dog side, Kulaba. This fight has been booked several times. I think we've analyzed the fight a few times on the podcast. It's been canceled the day of, the day before, and of course they have actually fought before, but that first fight just did not teach us much. We saw Ankalaev countering Kulaba, hurting him with some punches. It may have looked like Kulaba was faking uh, being hurt at some point, the referee stopped the fight early. But make no mistake, Ankalaev did counterpunch and hurt Kudalaba with some punches there. I think that Kudalaba just tried to seem more hurt than he was. It was a clearly stupid mistake because the referee stopped the fight thinking Kudalaba was hurt. But we did see Ankalaev show some better striking abilities in just the 30-45 seconds that they fought. So I do think that Ankalaev is the better striker. Kudalaba pretty much only has a chance at winning by a round one knockout. Kudalaba tends to slow down pretty hard after round one. We saw that in the Glover Teixeira fight recently. He hurt Teixeira in round one, but just could not keep up that pace. Got taken down and finished in round two of that fight. Kudalaba's defensive grappling is pretty bad. We've seen him taken down and struggle getting off his back. We've seen him get finished on the floor before. So if Ankalaev wants to go that route, he probably can do that. He does have the better grappling and wrestling of the two, but I think this fight does stay on the feet. We're going to see a competitive first few minutes between these two, but I think that Ankalaev's striking advantage will start to take over and he eventually will land a knockout. I'm going to go with a second round knockout as an official prediction, but as we learned in the fight, first fight, this fight could end at any moment. So I've seen seen some people betting the over one and a half here i've seen people going starts round two i actually don't like that i think it really could end in round one although i am officially predicting a round two tko so we've been analyzed this fight several times in the podcast let's hope that the fight actually does take place tomorrow there are rumors that one of kudalaba's uh cornerman has COVID-19 so the fight might be canceled again but fingers crossed this fight takes place and the pick is on of round two tko the next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Lauren Murphy taking on Lilia Shakarova. The opening betting line for this one was Murphy minus 350 to Shakarova plus 250. Right now on Bet Online, we are seeing Murphy minus 210 to Shakarova plus 180. So Shakarova is making her UFC debut here, and it's on very short notice. Murphy was supposed to fight Calvillo and got replaced on about a week or two's notice. The tape that I've seen from Shakarova, she does look pretty decent. She has kind of a defensive Muay Thai striking style where she kind of stays heavy on that back foot and is kind of defensive, throws very low output, very low intensity striking. And her bread and butter is really going for takedowns and using those takedowns to get finishes. The one problem I will say with Shakarova though is she just hasn't fought anybody that good. On the other hand, Murphy has a lot of high-level experience. She's on a nice little win streak right now. She's been making a lot of improvements. Her striking, particularly her boxing, has been looking a lot better. She always likes going for takedowns at the end of the round. I think she's a very smart fighter. She's a good round winner. She has high output. She shoots a good amount of takedowns. And she just really has a good understanding of how to win close rounds in MMA, which is really big. I think a lot of fighters don't have that skill. So I give a lot of credit to Lauren Murphy for those skills. I do think that Murphy has the better overall striking and grappling of the two. The grappling should be close between these two. Shakarova does attempt a good amount of takedowns. She has a decent arsenal of different takedowns that she can hit on her opponents. And I think that Shakarova has a good chance at getting an early takedown, getting off to an early lead, maybe landing a big slam, a big double leg takedown on Murphy. But I don't think that she will keep that momentum going. She's coming in on short notice. She hasn't beat anybody good. She doesn't have a really good top game where she can hold her opponents down. So I think Shakarova could land an early takedown. I just think that Murphy will work her way back up to the feet and then get back to outstriking Shakarova there. 
I understand why the action came in on the dog Shaka Rova here. I think she has a good chance to come out of the gate strong in round one, maybe get off to an early lead, and you can look to hedge your bets, maybe arb your bets on Lauren Murphy live. In terms of bets for me on this one, I don't have any pre-fight bets. I'm going to be looking to live bet Lauren Murphy here. I think, as I mentioned, Shakarova probably has a good round one, makes it competitive, and I will look to buy in on Murphy uh, after round one, maybe at the end of round one at some time, because I think that her advantages will really start to come out later in the fight, her experience, her cardio advantages, and I think that she's just a better, better skilled fighter, so I think that will show as the fight goes on. Shakarova coming in on short notice as well. I doubt her cardio will be up to shape. So I think that Murphy has a chance for a round three finish as well. So the pick for me is going to be Murphy round three by decision. I think the, the decision is the most likely outcome by far. So the pick for me is going to be Lauren Murphy by decision. In terms of a pre-fight money line bet, I think the odds are about right here. I think that if you wanted to bet Shakarova, you probably missed the boat. When she was 2-1, to one, she might have been an okay bet. But where it's at now, I would just pass on this one. I guess it is dog or pass and look to live bet Lauren Murphy here. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Jacob Malkoon taking on Philip Hawes. The opening betting line for this one was Hawes minus 342, Malkoon plus 260. Right now on Bet Online, we are seeing Hawes minus 235 to Malkoon plus 200. More action coming in on Malkoon, the dog in this one, and I understand why. I agree with that action. I think that where the opening line was set was a bit too wide. And both of these guys are making their UFC debuts here. The difference between them is Halls is way more proven. There's much more footage of Halls out there. On the other hand, Malkoon only has two fights available online. He only has four pro fights in his entire career. The one fight I've seen from Malkoon, he gets an easy takedown and ground and pounds the guy out in about 90 seconds. The other fight was a decision where we got to see a little more of his game. We saw him get taken down throwing a head kick and he did not look very good off of his back. Did not seem to have reliable ways to get off of his back. So that's going to be a huge problem in this fight. But what I will say about Malkoon is he does seem to have decent offensive striking, has decent boxing, the ability to hit takedowns. And that one fight where I saw that he went the full distance, the full 15 minutes, he did have good cardio in round three, had high output striking, was able to hit a takedown, keep top position. So Malkoon is decent. He trains with Robert Whitaker. That's a lot of the reason why he's getting respect here. Probably the only reason he's in the UFC this early is because of his friendship with Whitaker. On the other hand here we have Hawes who I think is the more well-rounded fighter. He's a little cleaner in terms of striking and wrestling. He comes from a wrestling background. He has a nice jab on the feet, a very effective front kick. Hawes' biggest issue is definitely going for the kill early and not getting it and gassing out. We've seen him do that in a few fights. We saw him do it on the contender series against Julian Marquez. He tends to use a lot of energy in round one, either going for takedowns or trying to get an early round one finish. And if he doesn't get those takedowns or that finish, he tends to slow down in the later rounds. So that could be a factor in this fight. As I just mentioned, Malkoon did look good in the later rounds of his one fight that went the distance. So we could see Malkoon, you know, survive the early storm, come back in rounds two and three and win a decision here or get a late finish himself. Personally, I don't think that happens. I just cannot rely on that to happen when there's so little footage of Malkoon. He's so inexperienced. I just see a lot cleaner technique in wrestling and in striking from Hollis. I think he has a much more reliable top game as well. So when he's hitting his takedowns, I think he'll be able to keep them, especially with how bad Malkoon has looked off of his back. So the pick for me here is going to be Phil Hawes. 
I'm not exactly sure how Hawes gets the fight finished. I think that he could chase a finish, get a dominant position on the ground, unload ground to pound, and get a finish somewhere along the line. Or he could be content to just outstrike Malkoon on the numbers, be the cleaner striker, maybe hit a takedown and coast in top position from time to time. So this is a tough fight to bet. I think that Halls could win this fight in a lot of different ways. And he is a little bit volatile as well with that cardio. So in terms of a pre-fight bet, I have no action on this one. I think it's a very hard fight to bet just based on how inexperienced Malkoon is. So... It's a pass in the money line for me. I don't see any value there. Gun to my head, I think I would probably still bet the favorite Halls here. And even in terms of props, I really don't like many props in this fight. I'll look at them later as the fights get closer. But in terms of, of an official prediction, I will go with Halls around 2 TKO, but it's not a very confident one. The next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Walt Harris taking on Alexander Volkov. The opening betting line for this one was Volkov minus 175 to Harris plus 145. Right now on Bet Online, we are seeing Volkov minus 175 to Harris plus 150. So the line is staying just about the same. That means there's probably two-way action coming in on this fight. I think a little more action is coming in on Harris's side, and I agree with that side. I think that in terms of a pre-fight bet, I think that Harris is the better side to be on. I do think that Volkov is the better overall fighter, but for him to win this fight, I think that he's going to have to put on a very solid 15-minute performance where he stays solid defensively, he outstrikes Harris in the feet, he avoids getting caught with any big punches, and that's just a lot to expect from Volkov. We've seen Volkov been winning fights before and then get knocked out at round three in the Derek Lewis fight, so that's a very real outcome here, but I think that in round one is where Volkov is going to be in the most trouble. Volkov just does not have the best defensive tendencies. He kind of just shells up and covers up and doesn't really have a lot of depth to his defense, so if Walt Harris just charges at him, unleashes combinations like he typically does, I think there's a good chance that Walt Harris just nukes Volkov in round one, gets an early round one knockout, and that's the fight. I do think that once the fight gets out of round one, Volkov's chances do get exponentially better. But all Harris needs is one moment. He needs one blitz, one combination to touch the chin of Volkov, and that's how he wins the fight. Meanwhile, Volkov needs to put on a solid 15-minute performance. I really don't see Volkov knocking out Harris. Volkov just does not have the most power, and Harris is pretty tough as well. Although we have seen him dropped and hurt in his most recent fight against Alistair Overeem. So early on in the week, I was pretty confident in Volkov here. I think that he would avoid the blitz, avoid that storm from Harris. But as the week goes on, I'm not very sure. I think that Harris is definitely the right side to be on in terms of a pre-fight bet. And even Harris knockout, Harris round one knockout probably has some value on it as well. I would maybe even just stick with Harris money line because this fight could turn into a weird decision where Harris wins the fight on two knockdowns or something. But the fight could go a lot of different ways. I think that if it gets out of round one, it should start to favor Volkov. But in round one, it's going to be a pretty much coin flip type of fight. I think Harris is very live for that round one knockout. In terms of an official prediction, I'm going to stick with my official pick earlier in the week and go with Volkov by decision. I think he probably has a close round one, escapes round one, and then outstrikes Harris in rounds two and three with just a better cardio technique and volume in those later rounds. So the pick is going to be Volkov decision. It's dog or pass in terms of money line. There is value on Harris. Harris knockout. Harris round one knockout. Maybe look to bet those props as well. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Jared Cannonier taking on Robert Whitaker. The opening betting line for this one was Cannonier minus 145 to Whitaker plus 115. Right now on Bet Online, we are seeing a pick 'em. Both fighters priced at minus 110. 
more action coming in on the former champion, the underdog, Robert Whitaker. And I do agree with that action. This is a very close, high-level fight. Really looking forward to this one. But just starting things right off the bat, let's look at a stat between these two. Robert Whitaker is 9-1 as a middleweight in the UFC, and Jared Cannonier is 3-0. I do think it is likely that Robert Whitaker has probably started the decline to his career. He's probably not in his prime anymore and is definitely not the same fighter as he once was, but he is still a high-level championship-level fighter. We saw that in the Darren Till fight. He was able to deal with Darren Till a very young hard guy to beat hard guy to look good against darren till and whitaker was able to figure him out he got dropped in round one he recovered he won rounds two three and four convincingly rounds four and five were close rounds some people gave those to till but i do think that robert whitaker deserved the decision especially re-watching it this week i think scoring the fight live i had it for till but re-watching it i had it for whitaker so even if Robert Whitaker has started this physical decline to his career, I still think it's very premature to have Jared Cannonier as the favorite over a tough established champion like Whitaker. Let's just take a look at Jared Cannonier's middleweight run and analyze it real quick. He's had three wins, three knockouts, only about 15 minutes worth of fight time, so it might seem impressive, but... The depth of those wins was not very impressive. Let's start with the Dave Branch fight. He got taken down three times by Dave Branch in round one, lost round one, was hard to take down, was working his way back up to the feet, and Dave Branch was tired in round one, got one takedown stuffed, and got knocked out. The next fight was against Anderson Silva, one of the all-time greats, but he is 43, 44 years old. Jared Cannonier lit up his inside leg, was able to TKO him with leg kicks. Nice win. And in Cannoneer's most recent fight against Jack Hermanson, I do think this was his most impressive win. Hermanson tried taking Cannoneer down in round one, was not successful, got Cannoneer down for a brief moment of time, but Cannoneer still worked his way back up to the feet. In round two, Hermanson was looking very discouraged. He threw a jab, got countered with a very beautiful uppercut from Jared Cannoneer, and got knocked out in round two. So that is Jared Cannoneer's career at middleweight. He has about 14 or 15 minutes worth of fight time. He was, as I mentioned, a journeyman light heavyweight, was losing fights at light heavyweight, heavyweight, all of a sudden drops down, gets three quick wins, and he is the favorite over one of the best middleweights of all time. I really disagree with that. I think that Whitaker should be the favorite here. I cap his chances closer to 55 to 60%. It still is a very close fight. I do think that Cannoneer has made a lot of improvements. He is a good fighter. He does a lot of good things on the feet. He has hard leg kicks. He has a good concept of counter punching. And he has a great base. Very hard to take down. Extremely hard to hold down. But I think I believe that Cannoneer's best style of fight is a takedown defense type of fight where he can tire his opponents out by stuffing their takedowns and then beat them later on in the fight. That is how he beat Branch. That's how he beat Hermanson. And I don't think that that's how this fight's going to play out. Whitaker does have decent offensive wrestling and the ability to hit takedowns, but I think that would be pretty ill-advised for him to do here. I think that he would probably just waste energy trying to take Cannoneer down and wouldn't really establish dominant position. But as we saw in Whitaker's most recent fight against Till, he likes mixing in those takedowns, coming up with punches, exiting the clinch with punches. I mean, he's a very crafty fighter and he can win the, win the fight from a lot of different angles. So when envisioning how the fight plays out, I do think the majority of the fight takes place in the striking. I think that besides a random takedown or knockdown, I don't think the fight will end up on the floor. So it will, it will be a striking match between the two. And in round one, it's going to be very close. I think that the leg kicks of Jared Cannonier, the counter punching of Cannonier, could give Whitaker some problems, who likes kind of leaping in that big open space. He has a lot of open space. He likes leaping in with combinations. And I think that leaves him open for leg kicks and it leaves him open for counter punches. So 
Cannoneer is going to be very live in round one, and I think that if Cannoneer doesn't have success in round one, he likely loses the fight. We have seen Cannoneer overcome adversity in terms of grapplers, where he is able to kind of beat them on attrition and cardio later in the fight. But in terms of strikers, guys like Robert Whitaker, who likely will make reads, will start to figure Cannoneer out in round one. It's going to be very difficult for Cannoneer to overcome that deficit if he loses round one. I imagine round one being a very competitive, high-intensity round, but if it gets out of that round, I think that rounds two and three, the output will start to drop off a little bit, and we start to see Whitaker kind of pick him apart at range like he did Darren Till. He was able to slow that fight down to a very slow pace and just outstrike, land the cleaner, harder strikes than Darren Till in rounds two, three, and four, and I think that that's likely what happens here if the fight goes into the later rounds, rounds two and three. I think this fight is more likely to go the distance than it is to end inside the distance. So the fact that the goes the distance prop is plus money has a lot of value to me in my opinion. So I will likely end up on the goes the distance in this fight and Robert Whitaker money line. I will track all my official bets, all my bet MMA tips page to see what I officially track for this event. But I am picking Robert Whitaker to win a decision here. It's going to be a close round one, but I still think he has a lot left in the tank. I think Whitaker is crafty, he's skilled enough, he's experienced enough to overcome a tough and legitimate opponent in Jared Cannonier. So this is a great fight, it should be competitive early, but I expect Whitaker to pull away late and win a decision here. So the pick for me, Whitaker decision, and the bets will likely be Whitaker money line and goes the distance. The next fight will be the main event of the evening in the lightweight division for the unified UFC lightweight championship. We have champion Khabib Nurmagomedov taking on interim champion Justin Gaethje. The opening betting line for this one was Khabib minus 350 to Gaethje plus 285. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Khabib minus 310 to Gaethje plus 260. The line margins have tightened up, but there is two-way action coming in on this fight. I agree with the action coming in on the underdog, Justin Gaethje. Just to reflect a little bit, Tony Ferguson was about a plus 220 underdog to Khabib not that long ago. So apparently the betting market thinks that Justin Gaethje has less of a chance to win the fight than Tony Ferguson does. And considering how their last fight went, I don't understand how that makes any sense. I think this might be the first time I might be able to brag about the prediction for this fight, but if you go back and listen to my prediction for UFC 249, I was immensely confident in Gaethje. It was my biggest bet to date, a five-unit bet on an underdog Justin Gaethje, and it cashed pretty easily. I thought he looked like a minus two, three hundred favorite in that fight, and I think he wins that fight at a very high clip. So it was a great bet, one of the most exhilarating bets of my entire career, and just an amazing performance from Justin Gaethje in that fight. Gaethje's footwork was on point. His boxing looked sharp. He was extremely composed. He was hurting Ferguson with big punches. Ferguson showed an amazing chin and was able to last longer in that fight than anybody expected. Gaethje did have a brief hiccup in that fight, getting dropped in round two, but he recovered quickly. He came back the next round, won the round convincingly, and continued to dominate the fight in the later rounds. That fight just showed how much Justin Gaethje has improved in his UFC career. When he came to the UFC, he was still a bit reckless, wild. His defense wasn't as good. His composure was way worse. He chased the, the knockout and the finish a lot more. But he's learned to slow down. He's learned to be a lot more calculated and measured. And he takes what the fight gives him instead of chasing that early knockout. As you all know, I am a big fan of Justin Gaethje, but I got a lot of love and respect for Khabib Nurmagomedov as well. He is one of the most dominant fighters in the history of MMA, and I think he is the best grappler in the history of MMA. He beats out George St. Pierre and Damian Maya, Charles Oliveira, Hoist Gracie. He beats them all out. 
because he's just the best well-rounded grappler that I've ever seen personally. Just to recap Khabib's last fight, it was a long time ago, 13 months ago against Dustin Poirier, a pretty dominant performance where he was able to submit Poirier in round three. I'm a big fan of Dustin Poirier, love and respect him a lot as a fighter. But I have to admit that Dustin Poirier fought absolutely terribly versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. It looked like he had the completely wrong strategy. He wasn't prepared for Khabib at all. It looked like he didn't really understand what Khabib's game was. I mean, Dustin Poirier got taken down and he immediately tried to get back up to his feet. He was using so much energy to stand up. But that's exactly what Khabib Nurmagomedov wants you to do. He will drag you back down. He will leg lace you. He will make it impossible for you to stand up. Very few opponents in the history of the UFC have actually stood up after Khabib took them down and Poirier just didn't understand how to beat Khabib at all he was very poor defensively he made a lot of mistakes in the grappling if you actually look at the way that Conor McGregor fought Khabib he fought Khabib a lot better than Dustin did he stayed safe on the ground he didn't put his hands on the mat he didn't waste energy trying to stand up in round one when he got taken down in round one he stayed defensively sound he kind of conceded the round and he just decided to get back at it next round which was a smart decision because he didn't take any damage he didn't really give up many dominant positions in round one and that was the right strategy now getting down to this matchup between Gaethje and Khabib, I think it is going to be a lot different of a matchup than Khabib's past two fights in Connor and Dustin, guys who were not wrestlers, and I think that Connor had the right idea on how to beat Khabib. He had a good strategy, was well trained, but just could not execute it. On the other hand, Poirier was just completely ill-prepared and really had no chance fighting that style versus Khabib. I think the most common question about this fight would be, can Gaethje stuff the takedowns of Khabib? This is a very hard question to answer because of the lack of footage we have on Gaethje defensive wrestling. We saw him defend some takedowns versus Luis Firmino back in the World Series of Fighting back in 2016. He had good scrambling ability. He was able to avoid takedowns, but he definitely looked a little vulnerable. And I think that if he gets in those same grappling exchanges with Khabib, Khabib will find a way to get him down to the mat and get his chain wrestling going and eventually take Gaethje down. But one major aspect of this fight that I believe is being overlooked by a lot of casual perspectives, and I think a lot of the, the analysts and a lot of the betters know that this is a battle of this fight, is going to be a battle of footwork. When you were able to put Khabib Nurmagomedov on the back foot, when you were able to pressure him, it makes his takedowns a lot less effective. He's not very explosive and doesn't tend to set up his takedowns in open space very well at all. And that's when he shoots kind of desperate low singles. That's what he was doing a lot versus Ally Quinta. Ally Quinta was able to stuff a lot of those shots. And even the first shot in the Conor McGregor fight, Conor was pressuring Khabib and then Khabib shot a low single. In the center of the cage, there was a brief scramble and eventually Khabib was able to get Connor down to the mat about a minute into the fight. But this Gaethje matchup will just be so much different because Gaethje will have better scrambles than Connor and Dustin did in open space. If Gaethje is in a similar spot to Conor McGregor was in round one in open space when they're scrambling, I think Gaethje has a much better chance of stuffing those takedowns, of out scrambling Khabib, and avoiding getting taken down by those chain wrestling attempts. So in this fight, Gaethje's strategy is going to be to pressure Khabib to put him on the back foot and to make it harder for him to shoot those takedowns because when he's moving backwards, he's just not as effective of a wrestler. Even when Khabib is coming forward, if Gaethje allows him the space to come forward, he's going to be running into jabs, into hard right hands, left hooks of Gaethje, and those deadly calf kicks that can shut down a lead leg. 
Gaethje's calf kicks are very good. He throws them right on the calf, does a lot of damage to them, and that could be a big thing in this fight. If Khabib's lead leg is getting kicked, it's going to make it even harder for him to get off those takedowns as well. I've been listening to some interviews with Gaethje and Trevor Whitman talking about how they're approaching the fight, and it just seems like they have such a great strategy. They respect Khabib. They understand how great of a fighter is, what he does best, but they know that this fight needs to stay in the center of the cage, and that Khabib is really at his best when he gets you to the cage. Gaethje has spent the past six months preparing for staying in the center of the cage, not moving his back to the fence. I saw a thing on the Embedded this week. He has stay in the center of the cage written on a whiteboard in his room. So it just seems like Gaethje is very aware of how to beat Khabib. He's aware of Khabib's strengths and weaknesses, and he has a game plan on how to avoid those strengths and how to capitalize on his weaknesses. I have a feeling that this fight will not be competitive. I think that whoever gets out to an early lead and starts implementing their game plan will likely run away with it. It could be Khabib hitting a takedown in round one, grinding his opponent against the cage, controlling him, dragging him back down, landing ground and pound, advancing position, maybe even looking for a submission like he's hit in his past two fights. Or it could be Justin Gaethje who puts Khabib on the back foot, is outboxing him, is stuffing takedowns. When Khabib is coming forward, Gaethje's going to be punishing him with leg kicks and punches, stuff and takedowns as well. I just do not see the fight being a very back and forth type of fight where guys are trading rounds. I don't see Gaethje standing up from Khabib's takedowns. I don't see Khabib being able to compete on the feet for very long versus Gaethje. Gaethje is just such an accurate and damaging striker that I think that if Khabib is stuck on the feet for long periods of time, he's going to be eating a ton of damage and eventually gets TKO'd at some point. But if Khabib is the one who gets out to an early lead, I think he dominates with his takedowns. Gaethje will try to be getting up recklessly. Khabib's going to be dragging him back down, sapping out his energy. And eventually, Gaethje will get up recklessly. Khabib will snatch a submission, snatch a, a rear naked choke, uh, an arm triangle choke from the mount or something like that. That's how I see the fight going. I do think it ends by finish on either guy. I would be pretty shocked to see this one go into the fifth round, go into the decision. And I really do see whoever getting out to an early lead in round one eventually finishes their opponent in round three and four here. Now I debated back and forth on who I was going to officially predict for this fight. And I'm not confident about my official prediction, but I am confident in the fact that Gaethje is the value side in terms of the pre-fight money line. Right now, the betting line says that Justin Gaethje has less of a chance to win the fight than Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor did against Khabib. And I just believe that that is flat wrong. I truly do believe that Justin Gaethje has the skills, the tools, the mindset, and the coaching to defeat the undefeated Khabib Nurmagomedov, and I will be picking Justin Gaethje as my official prediction. I'm having a hard time deciding on what round I think he gets the knockout in. I do think that Khabib Nurmagomedov does not go down easy. He likely takes an immense amount of punishment before eventually succumbing to a TKO. I think I am going to go with a round 3 TKO for Justin Gaethje as my official prediction. And just to give a recap of my past 10 minutes of analysis, I think this fight will be about footwork more than it will be about takedown defense. And I believe that Justin Gaethje has the footwork, the boxing, the offensive striking tools to make it very hard for Khabib to get off good offensive wrestling takedowns. And that, in fact, is going to make it hard for Khabib to get his game going, to get that takedown grinding against the cage style going. And I'm just very confident in Justin Gaethje having the right strategy, respecting Khabib's skills, recognizing where Khabib is at his best, and Justin Gaethje is actively trying to avoid being against the cage. 
That is much more than I can say about his past few opponents in Connor and in Dustin. They just did not seem to have that idea down, and Justin Gaethje is very aware of how to win this fight, and I am trusting him to do so. So the official prediction, once again, is going to be Justin Gaethje by round three TKO. His money line has a lot of value. I would cap this fight closer to 63% Khabib, 37% for Justin Gaethje, so... Maybe around minus 170 odds would be appropriate for Khabib, but this line is way off. I will be betting Justin Gaethje. have not decided on the amount or the price yet, but I will lock in my official bet on my Bet MMA Tips page. So that is going to do it for this podcast. That has been the UFC 254 edition of Martian MMA. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Hope you all win some bets this weekend. You can check out all my official bets on my Bet MMA Tips page in the YouTube description and on my Twitter profile as well. So thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed the fights this weekend, and I will see you next week before the next UFC event. Peace. Peace.